I love a good baseball metaphor. So how do you make a drilling operation more energy efficient? You could go for the home runs, things like mobile carbon capture or using renewable energy, the big swings of the bat that get the crowd cheering and make a difference all at once. But the thing about baseball is that most games are not won by home runs. They're won by singles and doubles and bunts and RBIs by making steady progress even if it isn't flashy. In the drilling industry, that's about finding the places you're using conventional fuels at a large scale and figuring out how to switch to something cleaner. It might not make it into a press release, but a small change at a massive scale can have an even bigger impact in reducing emissions than some of the high profile stuff. A bunch of singles can add up to much more than a lone home run, no matter how good it looks. For tourmaline oil, that's a new system that converts diesel-powered drilling rigs to run on cleaner natural gas, using the same energy management software that controls renewable microgrids around the world. Do that for every drilling rig across their operation? It adds up to pretty big numbers on the scoreboard. So I sat down with Scott Volk, technology and innovation lead at Tourmaline, to discuss this new technology, the nearly 40% improvement it delivers, and how steady progress can add up to big reductions. Here on Carbon Copy. Scott Volk. I'm the technology and innovation lead at Termaline Oil. Uh, for people that don't know Termaline Oil, we're Canada's largest natural gas producer. We make up about 13% of Canada's natural gas. I might actually probe a little bit further on that one. So Termaline may be less of a household name than some of the other large energy companies. Uh, and, you know, as you alluded to, if I do a online search for tourmaline, the very first link that shows up says tourmaline oil is Canada's largest natural gas producer. Can you give us a quick tourmaline 101, maybe the history, major operations, or the overall philosophy of their organization? Yeah. So tourmaline is a Canadian-owned and operated company. We started in 2008. Uh, so we've grown significantly since that time to become, as you mentioned, Canada's largest natural gas producer. Uh, we operate in Western Canada. We've got operations in both BC and Alberta. We like to focus on three core areas, uh, Montney and BC. We've got Peace River Arch oil play, and then a deep basin large natural gas play through Alberta. Uh, we've always kind of focused on those three core areas. So maybe a little bit about your role. Um, what is the organization's approach in a nutshell to innovation? Do you have sort of a large R&D group? Do you primarily work with with partners? You, you look at, um, I don't want to say acquiring, but um, bringing technology on that others have developed for, for demonstration implementation. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, so I run our technology and innovation group. It, it's, it's key and core to Termaline's operations. 
but Termaline runs everything relatively lean. We have a modest sized staff across the board. So my, my team is about four or five people. Uh, we're focused on tech and innovation. Today, that is definitely clean tech innovation more so than anything else. Um, and then we take advantage of a number of different ecosystems in order to, to have a, a stream of technology and innovation coming into, into our, our space. So we work with groups like the Natural Gas Innovation Fund, where we, where we grant money and, and bring in technologies to look at. We actually are the host of the Natural Gas uh, Innovation Emissions Testing Center. So we've got a methane-specific emissions testing center. So we work with clean tech companies bring them into the emissions testing center, help them validate their technology and help get them from point A to point B. And then we do, we do a lot of work in-house as well. So we kind of have four core things that we focus on as a technology and innovation group. Uh, we kind of call them four pillars. So diesel displacement's one of them and that, that's kind of the technology we'll talk about today. Uh, we do a ton of work on water recycling. We think water recycling is key to the sustainability of our industry. So we do a lot of work there. And then we've got energy efficiency projects, and that, that's always been something that we've been focused on. It's part of being an economic company, and it's part of being an environmentally friendly company as well. And then, as I kind of mentioned, that the methane has its own kind of really large focus, and having that emissions testing center that focuses on methane is, is big to our, to our methane reduction initiatives and every, everything we do. Yeah, so thanks very much. If we focus in on that first pillar you talked about, one of the innovations I understand your team is piloting in partnership with Precision Drilling and Caterpillar is a mobile natural gas unit to power drilling rigs. Can you tell me about that technology and what it does? Yeah, so I guess the easiest way to sum up that the technology is it's like a hybrid car but it runs on natural gas. So it uses, and I guess to take one step back, traditionally drilling rigs run on, on diesel fuel. Um, in the past, they may have been diesel fuel mechanics. Now most of the drilling rigs are diesel fuel electric rigs. Um, but what we've done differently is now our, our rig that was diesel fuel electric is now natural gas electric. And in order to make that an efficient and optimized natural gas electric rig, we've added in a battery pack. So that kind of comes back to how it's kind of like a hybrid car. So it's using natural gas to be the primary uh, energy generator and three natural gas generators in particular for this case. And then it has a giant one megawatt battery pack. And then that, that battery pack both gives peak demand and allows the, the rig to run uh, significantly more efficiently with 100% of the diesel being displaced. So for, forgive me in advance, but I'm going to ask if we can drill a little bit deeper on this technology. How does it relate to climate change and greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah, so I guess Termaline's always had a big initiative, as we kind of talked about being one of the pillars to, to reduce our diesel fuel consumption. And that, that's reduced it in all ways. So reduce it by displacing to natural gas is our primary way. But we also do a lot of electrification uh, as well in order to displace it. So our primary goal here is to, to displace diesel fuel Natural gas being a lower carbon fuel than diesel fuel has an emissions reductions just from the stack itself. Less carbons in the fuel means less carbons in the air. And then there's a few different places where natural gas has benefits over diesel fuel as well. From a life cycle intensity point of view, our, our natural gas, especially the natural gas we're running on that drilling rig, 
didn't go through a whole bunch of processing, didn't have a bunch of emissions associated associated with it. It came out of the ground and then turned into electricity right on the spot. Where diesel fuel had to be trucked, it had to be processed, it had to be refined. So there's a there's a large amount of emissions reductions that happen from displacing diesel fuel to natural gas in general. And then there's the battery pack and the entire system that that drives emissions reductions as well. So being able to take power and use it on demand from the battery pack allows it to be significantly more efficient and reduce emissions that way. So big picture, to just kind of put it in numbers, the trials that we've done so far, we've reduced our, our stack emissions by about 21%, but total emissions, when you take in the life cycle intensity and, and the emissions factors as a whole, it's about a 39% reduction in emissions by switching to what is, a, what is also a more cost-effective fuel all at the same time. So how did this come about within Tourmaline? What sort of led you to this idea? Yeah, so I think that's kind of interesting. We've been working on diesel displacement for some time. Uh, that kind of started with finding ways to have our own natural gas on sites. So we, we started doing things like uh, permitting pipelines in order to bring natural gas to a site. We've designed and, and built our own scrubbers in order to process the gas through a small scrubber unit to be able to have it on site. Then we've kind of evolved to where drilling rigs were using bifuel kits. So they were diesel drilling rigs, but there was an aftermarket kit put on the engine that allowed you to use a small percentage or a modest, about 40% natural gas on those, on those rigs. We then evolved to start doing that onto completions as well. So we started putting bifuel kits onto completions. We scaled all that to the point where now we had all of our drilling fleet switched to bifuel kits and we had all of our completions switched to, to bifuel as well. And then we started really looking for what's the next step. We, we didn't want to just be stuck with 40%. So we started looking out to see what our options are to, to get even lower. Um, one of the things we were able to do in Spirit River, because we were right close to Highline infrastructure, we, we modified a rig and, and we're running that rig off of Highline power, but found that we can only do that in a very small part of our operations because that's the only spot that has Highline power available to us. For the most part, we're in remote uh, situations. So the next step was to, to find a way to get to 100% natural gas and to do it in the most efficient way we can. So that, that's where we started looking for partners to team up with in order to, to design this rig that, that gave us that capability. When you describe the technology, how efficient it is, and even the history of how it came about, it seems to me there could be other applications beyond drilling rigs. Is there anything that you're looking at further for these mobile units? Yeah, so, so there are, and, and for sure we've been working on, on all the other aspects as, as well, a little bit separately from this project as well. So some of the early starting points were some of the generation around the drilling rig, which would have typically been with a number of light plants or, or diesel engines. So things that we've done there is we've switched what would have been seven independent diesel engines all running on a site, running lights and things like that to running one natural gas engine that all those lights plug into type of thing. So that was also an initiative that was that was happening. Uh, but the core of this technology is, is really Caterpillar technology that runs a smart engine management system and that battery pack. And that core technology has been developed for a number of different reasons, part of it being microgrid. So that, that technology development is developed to help stabilize electrical grids and microgrids and use that battery in order to 
both deal with high transient powers, peaks and demands, and, and balance an energy grid. So we've kind of modified that technology and, and brought it to be into the drilling space, and it, and it definitely goes outside the drilling space as well, whether it be uh, people doing microgrids for wind or solar or with all different types of, of primary energy sources. This does enable a more level and, and, and um, usable energy source in those systems as well. So has anyone else tried this before on drilling rigs, or is this, this is sort of a first-of-kind opportunity? So the mobile drilling pack part of it is the first-of-kind opportunity. The, the smart engine management and using a battery combined with generators uh, is on drilling rigs is, was relatively early technology. There was one, one trial that uh, Caterpillar was doing in the U.S. That's the trial that we leveraged in order to say, yes, this is a real opportunity that we want to be doing in Canada. And then, then we kind of modified it to be more fit for purpose in Canada, uh, being uh, our temperatures are different and a lot of things are different, so we had to modify it that way, but also modify it to say, we wanted this first one to be mobile and be able to run on, and be able to run on different rigs. So uh, Canada has something called breakup, which is essentially the frost coming out of the ground, uh, which makes it difficult to travel down roads. So the rig that you may have had running all through the winter may not be able to run through breakup. So having this power unit be mobile and be able to switch from rig to rig uh, allows it to be switched to a different rig during breakup when it can actually be be utilized. So that was kind of important to us to be able to say, we, we really wanted this to be flexible. Uh, we wanted it to be able to go to where the natural gas supply was, and we wanted it to get really high utilization. We didn't want to put them into put these engines and this battery pack into a rig that's going to shut down for large periods of time, let's say for breakup or for a Christmas break, or if there's an interruption in gas supply, we wanted to be able to just move it and keep it running all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's really exciting. Now, let's talk about the project a bit. Your team is receiving funding from Emissions Reduction Alberta to pilot this technology in the field. Can you tell me more about what the project entails and where it's at as of today? Yeah, so the project was to essentially scope and build a, a drilling rig with the mobile power pack in it. Uh, we 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 planned or we built the mobile power pack and we designed a system where we could also prove that it would transfer between rigs. So the project as a whole modified two rigs to be able to take the system. It built the power pack and the buildings and everything that go along with it, and it tested that that it worked with not just one drilling rig, but transferred and worked with the, with the other drilling rig as well. So we are now at the end of the project. The, the power pack was, was built. Everything worked quite well. Definitely had our challenges doing this all through COVID and, and times like that, supply management. And, and to be honest, right, we were right in the middle of lockdowns while we were trying to be mobilizing everything across the border. And we had really specialized personnel that we needed to be able to get in. But but we're now at the point where we've got that coming. We've got it into the system. We've got it built. We've got it tested. And everything's working really well. Uh, and to be honest, we've actually already got to the point where we're, we're building and executing the next the next drilling rig with this technology. It's being scaled into, into another rig that Termalane is operating and should be commissioning any day now as well. Yeah, so if we can dig in on the results a little bit. Thanks very much. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's it's a, been a resounding success. 
What have the results been? Are you seeing those environmental benefits? You talked earlier about a 39% greenhouse gas reduction. Is that something you've seen in the data? Yeah, so that, that, that's where that number has come from. Um, in order to prove the data, we, we had a rig in the same area that was running a baseline, more conventional system. So we've been collecting really good data on it while it's been running and doing the same type of work. And then we put it in direct comparison to to this rig that's been modified and set up to be able to run natural gas. So that that thirty nine percent improvement as a total that is from that is from real data comparing comparing the incumbent style of rig to to this new rig. And what what that really means is actually pretty big numbers. So we're saving about four thousand liters of diesel fuel every day, and four thousand liters of diesel fuel every day is a really big deal, especially if you multiply it by a lot of rigs. So it it's it's been working very well. Um, we we do believe that we'll have some efficiency tweaks to do. This this system has like a it's a smart engine management system that is a computer controlled system that will start and stop engines and charge the battery as need be and deal with peak loads and it's it's a very intelligent system. Um, we've got it dialed in for reliability right now as we're working through getting more comfortable with the technology. And we believe there is opportunity to, over time here, to start focusing a little bit more on efficiency. We think there'll be a little bit more opportunity to get even better from there. That's fantastic. What about from a cost perspective? You know, one of the challenges you, you hear talked about a lot with tackling climate change is the significant investment required. Does it cost more to do it this way, or could this even potentially save on costs? Yeah, so this will be one of those unique situations and something that Termaline really looks for. So when you're going to to try to reduce emissions and you're going to to focus on getting better, uh, I think it's a critically important to start start at the bottom at the easy stuff and work your way work your way up to the more difficult things. So this is one of the ones where where natural gas is significantly more cost effective than diesel fuel. So this will actually save money and have a really significant benefit for the environment. I think it's really important to keep starting at those points and work your way through. If you're obviously, if you're saving money, then you've got more money to go reinvest into some of the more challenging or, or less cost-effective environmental initiatives. So, starting at at where it really has the biggest impacts for the lowest dollars and working your way through kind of builds this continuous improvement model that I would say almost all companies have have had success on. That really kind of puts all the money in the right place, focuses on things that are getting returns and then keep moving from there uh, can really have a huge impact if you're looking for emissions reductions. Emissions Reduction Alberta takes action on climate change and supports economic growth. Our funding helps existing and new industries in Alberta reduce GHG emissions while lowering costs, attracting investment and creating jobs. That's why we've invested more than $815 million into 230 projects valued at $6.5 billion. To learn more about Emissions Reduction Alberta, visit eralberta.ca. So it sounds like a win-win. For sure. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions, saving money, and not only that, but your team is building another one already. Does that mean this is the future for drilling rigs? It's definitely the future for tourmaline. Um, what tourmaline's done to have natural gas at all the, at all of our well sites um, is a little bit unique. We, we definitely, 
see a lot of other companies doing it, and we see a lot of other companies finding other enabling technologies. Compressed natural gas trailers, for example, are an enabling technology. Um, obviously, if you can use your own gas out of a pipeline and not have to truck it in, there's a significant cost savings to doing that. So absolutely, this is the future for tourmaline, and we believe it is also the future for the industry. It's just gonna take a little bit of time for some of the companies to get the infrastructure in place to have natural gas at, at all their sites. Um, but we, we strongly believe it's the future for the industry as well. And some of our partners are already working on that. We're, we're definitely not the only, uh, like we, we set this, um, this consortium up so that everyone can expand the technology and everyone can go put in place. So you're seeing Caterpillar going and using the same technology throughout the US and, and finding more customers. You see Precision finding more customers using this technology as well. And you see Termaline scaling this technology across all of our rigs that we're using. So it, it is a great consortium in that everyone was all united and, and just promoting the technology. So I guess a very long-winded way of saying, yeah, I think it is the future for drilling, um, but there will be a couple hurdles along the way. And, and I like that philosophy you talked about going after the easy wins first, or maybe to use an analogy, the lower hanging fruit. Maybe actually to draw upon a different analogy, I, I read in Gas Pathways a couple months ago, you talked about a baseball analogy, the need for singles and doubles, and also home runs. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit? How would you explain Tourmaline's larger greenhouse gas strategy? What are the singles and where will the home runs come in? Yeah, so that analogy is really great because um, people get all hyped up about home runs but home runs don't necessarily win all the baseball games you need to be really good at singles and doubles so so for us those four pillars of of technologies that i kind of mentioned at the beginning which are methane diesel displacement water recycling and energy efficiency though those are where we kind of consider those everyday singles and doubles and and lots of them triples but the they're not as exciting. So like going and changing a pneumatic pump from being a methane pneumatic pump to an electric solar pump isn't going to be a press release by any means, but it's where the real numbers are coming from because there's thousands of them. So when you start looking at where is the low hanging fruit and where are the right places to focus your energy, if your ultimate goal is to reduce emissions, which is what, what Termaline's goal is, then focusing on some of the less, um, the less press release type technologies that have really big impacts when they're all added up is actually quite valuable. And that's not to say we're not working on the other things. We, we are definitely working on the future uh, projects as well. So I kind of, I say we've got the four pillars. Those are the singles and doubles. Those are the things we do every day. Uh, we're scaling those, we're getting better at them. We're finding new technologies and focusing on those. And then we've kind of got these building blocks for the futures that may become pillars for Termaline out into the future. So those would be things like uh, carbon capture or hydrogen or some of the alternative fuels like uh, renewables or things like that. Uh, we've got things that we're look, looking at like getting, extending the diesel displacement initiative into transportation type places as well. So there's lots of things we're looking at. But as the analogy says, the, the real key is to get really good at the day-to-day -day stuff and really focus on, on squeezing every little bit of win out of that because that's where your, that's where your performance comes if you're, if you're talking about continuous improvement. Well, that's a really good 
segue to something you talked about earlier, which was the, the Natural Gas Innovation Fund, who is one of our trusted funding partners at ERA. Can you talk a little bit more about your involvement with NGIF? Yeah, so Termaline's been involved with NGIF for some time. We are one, we're a member that's involved with every aspect of it. So the Natural Gas Innovation Fund has three branches, one being a granting organization. So that's uh, producers and utilities kind of getting together, putting in a sum of money and doing a call for very similar to ERA. We do a call for grants or for applicants and we, and we give out funding. Um, so that gives us the ability to, to see new technologies as they're coming out. And it also gives us the ability to kind of work with those technologies and make sure that as they're developing, they're focusing on us who will be the ultimate consumer or the purchaser of that technology. And then, then we've also got the Emissions Testing Center and Termaline is the, the site host of the Emissions Testing Center that exists today. That's a collaboration between the Natural Gas Innovation Fund, the University of Calgary and Termaline, uh, all working together to be able to both test new technologies in a lab space. And then as they become safe and ready for the field, then we bring them to the emissions testing center in the field and test them there. That, that's focused on methane, uh, that, that aspect. We've got funding through kind of uh, Alberta Innovates, Alberta Innovates and Enercan in order to be able to do that. Then the last branch of NGIF is NGIF Ventures, which is focused on saying, okay, great, you got technology, it's been funded, uh, it's kind of gotten started. Now you've kind of connected them with customers, you've tested it at a testing center and validated. Now you need to be able to scale and you actually need to be able to get a market or a product to market. So the ventures piece uh, actually gives them larger amounts of money to take that technology and scale it and make sure it gets to, it gets to a, uh, a commercial state. So that's kind of the full NGIF uh, branch and how Termaline relates with it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a very powerful model. Um, so this is maybe an unfair question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. If we think about longer term climate goals and, and calls sort of around the world for approaching and even reaching net zero greenhouse gas emissions, what do you see as the ongoing role for the natural gas industry? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. So natural gas today is solving global emissions problems. So it's displacing higher energy sources or higher carbon sources like coal or diesel fuel like we're talking about today. It, it meets a really, a really important need that I don't know that everyone really focuses on. We, we take natural gas all year long and we store it in the ground to be able to deal with the fact that winters demand significantly more energy from customers than summers. So we put, like in Canada, for example, there's about a TCF of, of gas that goes in the ground for us to squirrel away to be ready for the cold winters. And then we draw from that all winter long. So to say that there's alternative solutions to that is just really difficult to, to, to kind of for me to see as an engineer in that we need solutions that can allow seasonal storage in order to be able to meet the demands of Canada and cold climate climate places while at the same time as we're in a in a complete energy crisis around the world and the world needs more uh, reliable sources of energy and natural gas is I would say today is the cleanest molecule and the cleanest way to do that so I think you see places like Europe that are bringing natural gas back into being what would be considered a, a green fuel because it is is 
one of the cleanest alternatives available. Um, and I think you'll start seeing that happen more in Canada and other places around the world as well when, when you really start looking at the energy grids or the energy systems and what's required. The other important thing is as, as electricity takes a bigger role, which I believe it will, uh, natural gas is also the enabler that allows things like transient or intermittent power sources such as solar and wind to actually run a reliable grid. So you need something that's in the background that can ramp up or ramp down an electrical grid when, when there isn't sun or there isn't wind. And natural gas has kind of been that enabler for, for those, those intermittent power sources as well. So we think there's a great big long and an important future for natural gas and that it's, that it's important not just for energy security, but it's important for uh, the environmental movement as well. There are so many more questions I could ask you. I want to respect your time today. But let me finish off by asking, is there anything we didn't talk about that you'd like our listeners to know? Anything I didn't ask you about or any closing thoughts you'd like to leave with us? Yeah, I think we kind of touched on a lot of the really important things. Uh, I think there are there are a lot of future movements. There's a lot of hype around things like hydrogen and carbon capture um, and things in general. But I, I think we we are those are home runs. Home runs are important and they're important to tourmaline as well. But I think across the whole movement, if everyone kind of starts thinking about the singles and doubles, and the singles and doubles are are in the energy efficiency space for the most part. Like just doing what we're doing today significantly better is a really good thing for the environment and it's a really good thing for your pocketbook. So I, I would say maybe use a term, the tourmaline mentality a little bit wider out into society and focus on the ways that, that you can reduce your emissions and improve your pocketbook and the whole world gets a little bit better all at the same time. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really enjoyed the conversation and I, I look forward to talking about the next single or double or even home run that that your turn your team has the opportunity to work on um thanks again and uh hope you enjoy the rest of your day yeah thank you so much i appreciate being here and thanks for having me